Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. So good to see you. Welcome to church. I want to also welcome our guest, and I would love if you would join me and welcome the guests that are with us today. Thank you for coming. I love this church. I love us. I love our worship. I love the prayer time. Bailey led us powerfully in prayer today, and I don't. You may not be used to being in a church that prays that much. Uh, we spend a lot of time in our services praying. We have people on the side that pray for you. We pray in the middle of our service every week. And, and I just believe it's important for a church to be a house of prayer as well. And um, so we, we just press on in prayer. And sometimes it may seem a little long, but I believe that God's power is in prayer. And we just keep praying and believing. And, and my heart was so moved for, for Chris Vernon and his wife, uh, Harriet, help me, Ashley, and uh, their daughter who has cancer and uh, they've been traveling up to, to Raleigh to maybe Duke or wherever it is there. And it's just a heavy burden. I think about that as a parent and, you know, and having a daughter and similar age. And, and uh, so uh, would you continue to pray for them? Uh, let's believe in the power of prayer outside of this house as well at your house and believe God will do great things for them. Can we say amen to that? Hey, yesterday, just real quick, we had our, our conclusion to our Freedom Life Groups. So all last fall, we had uh, a couple life groups that were called Freedom Groups, and they're specifically designed to help people overcome uh, different types of, of kind of uh, habits and things in our life and maybe even some wounds in our life. And, and, and it's in a powerful class and we always finish it with a small conference. And yesterday was the conclusion with that conference. And, and I just want to say to those that went through the class and went to the conference how proud I am of you for, for you know, pressing in and, and seeing God move in your life. It was a powerful day yesterday. The presence of God was in that room where we were meeting. And I believe that, that you know, people were delivered from things and set free from things. And it was just a, a great day. And so if you're considering you know, what group you're going to be in for next year, uh, if if our three groups still have availability because we believe they'll fill up, I would encourage you to get in one of those groups and sign up quick. But we have lots of great groups that are going to be going on, and so I want to encourage you, get in a group for sure because life happens there. God will work on your life in those as well. Amen? Amen. I heard Bubba. I heard that Bubba changed his GPS device to a male voice. And now his GPS says, just keep driving, keep driving, keep looking around. Sooner or later, you'll find it. That's the best I got for you today. You didn't, I don't care what you say. I thought it was funny. It's all right. We're in a series. We're in a series called Closer. And we're learning how to draw closer to God in 2023 and today's message, just in a little transparency, I, I heard this message and I, I, have, I have borrowed some points from a message from a church out in, in Oklahoma. Their church is also called Life Church. And so, um, but, um, so I've enhanced my sermon a little bit through some of their notes. And so 
if you happen to hear it somewhere else, I just want you to know, yep, that, that happened. But um, sometimes when you hear stuff that great, you're like, I don't know if I can say any better. I'm just going to take a point there. And with permission, we use those notes. So um, today, though, I want to I share with you about a spiritual quality that I believe has the potential to change your life more than anything else that I'll probably tell you this year. I believe in this one thing so powerfully that if you apply it, not only will it help your spiritual life, but I believe it can impact your marriage as well. Matter of fact, I'm so sold on this one thing that I'm going to tell you today. One thing. If you get this one thing, I'll tell you, I believe that it can make you healthier this year. It's pretty great, huh? Let me stretch it out one more time. You ready for a little stretch here? You're going you're gonna to be like, oh, I don't know, Tim. Um, I believe this one thing, if you get it, that it can even make you wealthier this year. All right, how about that? Prosperity gospel right here, I'm telling you. You want to know what it is? If you want to know, say, I want to know. I want to know. I want to preach it. I love it. And here's what you need to know, that successful people understand the necessity of consistency. That's my sermon title, the necessity of consistency. The book of Psalms, let's go to the book of Psalms for a minute. 119.5, the psalmist says, Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Everyone say consistently. So this verse is interesting if you take each of these segments and and dig them out just a little bit. The author first begins with this word, oh. Now, what he means by that is that he has a strong desire for something. That There's like a sense of, I've made a decision, oh, this is what I'm going to do. Sometimes people say, oh, and they're surprised about something. Like, Well, this isn't a surprise, oh. This is like... Oh, watch me go. Like, that's the kind of, oh, this is. It's like, oh, yes, I got it. And it's like saying, I have decided. So the, the psalmist is saying, I've made a decision here. Oh, and what has he decided? That he wants his actions to reflect God's decrees. And so the decrees are this, are, are God's way of life. The psalmist is saying, I want my actions, I want my life to reflect God's way of life. I want my life to to look like a God life. I want people to look at me and be able to say, that's a God life. That person's living for God. And there's a, a, a major point here though to how that is accomplished. And how do we do it? Well, there's a word here that has to be known and that word is consistently. Like consistently. And consistency is continuing to do something until you succeed in that something. There's a, there's a, a pattern that is repeated and, and you continue to go with it. And consistency is continuing until you succeed or continuing until you fail as well. Consistency works for you or against you. And, and the reality is, is all of us are already practicing consistency in our life. We are already are doing it. And like as an example, and without looking at your spouse or your friend, do you know someone who is consistently late? 
So you're practicing it. You already got this principle down. Do you know someone who is consistently eating junk food? Hmm. Do you know someone who is consistently negative in life? Like, don't look around. Stay with me right here. Do you know someone who consistently does not exercise in life? And I mean, we know these people. Do you know someone who consistently places their car keys in a different random place and gets frustrated all the time when your pastor can't find them? I am so consistent at being inconsistent in my life. This word is for you and it is for me today. Consistently can dramatically impact your life. As an example, if you consistently save money for 30 years, you will become wealthier. There it is. There's the wealth gospel right there. How about that? If you consistently work on your marriage, you will grow in intimacy with your spouse. If you consistently do your homework and study, your grades will improve. If you consistently eat healthier and, and exercise, then you will feel better and lose weight and be fitter and be healthier in your life. Amen? Consistency. If you consistently attend church, and you consistently read your Bible and pray, then you will grow closer to God. Amen, church? I think all of us understand the power of consistency as I lay them out that way. But if you're kind of like me, and, and maybe you're consistently inconsistent at times, and maybe this message is for you, it's certainly for me today. And so I want to take us to the book of Daniel for a few minutes and notice that he was incredibly consistent in his life. Now, the story we're going to pick up is at a point where Daniel had been captured as a young boy and was brought into Babylon. Daniel was an Israelite captured into Babylon culture. The king took the, the brightest and the, the best boys from that culture and placed them in a school to indoctrinate these young boys to become Babylonian by heart and by mind. And, and so they would think more like the Babylonians and he wanted their best and the brightest. And so Daniel stood out as the best of the best of the young men. Therefore, the king wanted to promote Daniel because of who he was and his character. And so we pick up the story in Daniel 6, chapter 3 and 4, and it says, Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps, and these were Babylonians by, by birth, and that was who they were, and it says they tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. And it says so they could find no corrupt thing in Daniel because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. So these Babylonian leaders did not want Daniel to become the, the leader of 
their, their government. And, and they wanted to, they wanted to find something that they could, could find a way to, to cut him down to where he couldn't lead any longer. And so I assume that they checked his social media to see what he'd posted seven years ago. Um, they probably raided his house and checked his tax returns to find out, but they could find no wrongdoings in Daniel. So these enemies didn't want Daniel to get their job, and they, 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 they wanted to, to trap him, but they couldn't find anything in Daniel that was untrustworthy because Daniel was devoted to his God. And because of that, they came up with a plan. And here was their plan. It says, finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. You see, their plan then was to have the king make this decree that anyone who prays to any god or idol other than the king would then be thrown into the lion's den to be eaten. You've probably heard of that story. Daniel heard the decree. He understood the consequences to praying to his God. But what do you think Daniel did? The Bible tells us in verse 10... When Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and he knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. With his windows open toward Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, and check this out, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Daniel did what he had always done. He prayed consistently as he had always done. He sought God consistently as he had always done. And his enemies knew that about Daniel. He did it so consistently that others saw what reflected in his life. He understood that he wanted his life to reflect God's decrees, God's ways. And because he was consistent, others recognized it and knew that they could use that against him. And so they saw Daniel, of course, praying as he had always done. He was consistent. So they caught him. They threw him into the, the, the lion's den and you probably know what happened, but the Bible says in verse 22, God, or Daniel says, My God sent His angel to shut the lion's mouth and so that they would not hurt me. What a story. He obeyed God. He consistently, consistently prayed. He prayed when it was convenient, and obviously He prayed when it was inconvenient. And God honored that. The Bible says in verse 23 that Daniel was lifted from the den and not a scratch was found on him for he had trusted in his God. Now let me ask you a question today. When did God, I'm sorry, when did Daniel learn to trust God? When was it he learned to trust God? And the answer is this, that he did not learn to trust God in the lion's den. He learned to trust God in his consistent prayer time three times a day. 
That's where he learned to trust God. As in other words, his faith wasn't built in the battle, but it was built on his knees. He had consistently sought God. He had consistently prayed to God. And in his prayer closet, in his prayer time, God built his faith, God built his character. And because of that consistency, he was able to see God do great things in his life. Daniel prayed consistently. And too often, we pray occasionally. There's a big difference. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. It is not what we do occasionally that makes a difference. It's what we do consistently. Amen? Last week in my message, I shared with you the importance of public worship and private devotion. I shared with you how important it was for us to, to come to church and, and to worship together and to be in God's presence together and to pray together and the significance of that and how that consistently, how we consistently do that, how that builds our spiritual life. I then talked to us about our private devotion last week where we spend time in our prayer closet just as Daniel had done. And these are some habits that that help us draw closer to God. And if you want a closeness with God, those are things that are important in your life. And consistency is necessary for real intimacy with God. Consistent. What is your consistency in your public worship? What is your consistency in your private devotion? And, and I believe that it's more important to be consistent in your, your intentions with God than anything else. Consistency. Matter of fact, I believe consistency beats intensity. Intensity is I am going to, to do something really intense. I'm going to jump in with everything I have and I'm going to, I'm going to pray three times a day and I'm going to fast and I'm going to do this and I'm going to come to church all the time and I'm going to, I'm going to watch it online again on Tuesday and then I'm going to watch, you know, another church on Thursday and, and you just get intense about it and people do that and I love that actually. I mean, I think it's great and a lot of times at the beginning of the year we want to add some intensity to it, some intentionality to it, but I want you to know that intensity usually doesn't last very long. We burn out on intensity. And that's why I want to encourage you to set a pattern in your life that you can consistently follow. Like I want you following Jesus in December, just like we are in January. And in order to do that, you have to find a pattern that you can be consistent in. I would prefer, this is just thinketh Tim, put a little King James on that, but I would prefer that when it comes to your, your private devotions with God, I would prefer you to, to at least in the beginning say, you know what, I'm going to meet with God two times a week, all year long, every Tuesday, every Thursday, me and God, and start somewhere. Because sometimes people think, well, if I'm going to meet with God, I have to do it seven days a week or six days a week. And, and they get intense about it. And then over time, things happen and they fall off and they're like, oh, I blew it and da, da, da. And, and then they're doing nothing. I would much rather you 
Pick a pattern that you can maintain three times a week, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Find your pattern four times a week, whatever it may be that God is leading you into. Find your consistent pattern to consistently just draw closer to God and watch what he does in your life. Consistency is a, and I'll call it a success mindset. Consistency has to see into the future. Consistency has a long-term vision and it understands that small investments build great results over time. And if you believe in the necessity of consistency, I want to give you three things that will help you today. And number one, taking notes, you can write this down, failure isn't final. This is great advice because you're going to fail at consistency. Isn't that great news? You're like, oh, tell me something positive, Tim. I'm positively sure you're going to fail at consistency. It happens to all of us. But if you begin again, then it's not final. And that's why the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 24, 16, it says the godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. Listen, the godly may trip seven times, but the godly say, you know what? I'm going to get right back up and I'm going to go again. Those who don't have that characteristic in them are like the wicked and they fall and they go, well, I give up. Failure is only final if you quit. And I'll bet you in this room today, and I know many of you, and I just can, I can just, you know, support so many people because I bet there are people in this room who have fallen but got back up in life. There are some of you in this room who, who a lesser man or a lesser woman would have stayed down. Some people just don't get back up. But I know the stories of so many of you who have been through the battles and, and, and you just, you just keep getting back up. And I love that about us. We can't count you out. You can't count me out. Listen, there's going to be obstacles and roadblocks and I've pastored a church for too many years to tell you that life is, it's a breeze and everything goes great and I always do it right. I don't always do it right, but I can tell you this, I'm going to just keep getting back up. I'm just going to keep putting one foot in front of the other one. I'm just going to be consistent when I'm inconsistent. You know what I'm going to be consistent at? Consistent about getting back up. If there's one thing I'm going to keep doing, if there's one thing you need to be consistent in, it's just getting back up, church. When you fail, don't stop. Get back on track. That's what grace is all about, church. Grace is the power to get back up on your feet again. Grace is the power to get back on track. And listen, church, don't confuse being consistent with being perfect. Those are completely different things. Consistent says, I understand I'm going to fail, but it's not going to be final in my life because I'm going to get back up. So I want you to know that as you kick off your consistent pattern of coming to church and then you miss a week, then you miss two weeks, and then you miss three weeks, don't let it be four. How's that? I miss a week, don't let it be two. I miss two, don't let it be three. Like, find your stop. 
Put the brakes on, turn it around, get back up. And you know what happens to so many people? And I see this and this breaks my heart that sometimes people will stumble in their personal life and they'll have some sort of a sin and something happens and they go through some difficult scenario in their life and out of shame, they don't come back to church because they think, what are they going to think of me? You know what I'm going to think of you? I'm going to think, my goodness, you're like the righteous that when you fall seven times, you're the one that gets back up and God's going to bless your life. God's going to continue in your life and you're going to see God move. I see you as righteous, but the one that gives up, that's the one I feel sorry for. And so don't let shame and don't let embarrassment I missed three weeks. I'm afraid to come back. What are they going to think? I'm not going to think anything other than welcome home. You're back. You're back. Welcome home. If you miss your private devotions for a day, don't let it be two. If you miss it for two days, don't let it be three. Somewhere put the brakes on that thing. Everybody say, don't quit. Yeah, don't quit consistency, getting back up. Number two, we have to love the process. Goals are great. I love goals. But generally, we focus on the end result. This year, I've set a whole different kind of goal in my life. Usually, I set a goal like uh, lose 10 pounds or I want to, um, you know, read my Bible every day for a year. And, and I, I set the, the goal as, as the end thing. This year, I've set a whole new type of goal, and I call them habit goals because I want to learn to love the process. And the habit is this. I want to read my Bible three times a week and not worry about what happens at the end of the year because some people don't feel like they're a success until they get there. If you set a habit goal, you're a success every week. And listen, that's my life. I want to every day get up and go, did it. Rock and roll, baby. <laughs> I want to celebrate every day. You know what? I, that's my life. I'm like, today I have something to celebrate. What did you do today? Did you get your goal? No, I succeeded in a habit though. And if you know me, that's a big deal because I'm consistently inconsistent too often. And so if you want to celebrate every day, set a habit goal, love the process you have to trust the process in order to love the process. You have to believe that, that by doing this thing on a consistent pattern, you have to believe that if, that if you put $50 extra a month towards your credit card bill, that in nine months, it's going to be paid off. I'm like, you, you trust the process. And so instead of just going, oh, I haven't paid off my credit card. How bad is that? You go, oh, great. I put 50 bucks on it this month. Celebrate. Trust the process. If I meet with God three times a week or four times a week, then I trust that's going to draw me closer to God. In order to trust the process, in order to love the process, you have to trust the process. If you want to be closer with God, then that consistency is the pattern. Practicing those patterns. Listen to what it says in Philippians chapter 1-6. It says, I am certain... What is certain? That's trust. I'm certain of this. I trust that God who began the good work within you, that's the process, right? 
what will he do? He will continue his work until it's finally finished the result. And on that day, when Christ Jesus returns. And so the process, trust the process, God will bring the results. Trust the process, love the process. Back to the story of Daniel. He wasn't praying because it was a duty in his life. When you pray and you open your windows and you know that there's consequences, you don't do that out of duty. You do that out of devotion. And let me tell you, devotion will take you farther than discipline and duty ever will. And you have to love the process. Daniel was devoted to God. Therefore, he prayed. He, he loved God. Therefore, he prayed. You know, some people might take it like this. Daniel set a goal to get a promotion as a, as a young boy in Babylon. Therefore, he prayed. It was the exact opposite of that. Daniel didn't set a goal for a promotion. He set a goal to spend time with God three times a day. Therefore, God was able to promote him. And so he loved the process. Loved the process. And so that's the second thing. We have to fall in love with the process. When you spend your time with God, don't make it a duty. Sit down with your private devotional time and say, God, I love you. I just want to be with you today. And maybe some days you, you just listen to some worship music because you're just like, I just love you. I'm just here with you. Maybe some days you go, I'm just going to read my Bible for a little bit. Maybe one day it's just, I'm just going to get one verse, but I'm just going to spend time with you, God, just because I love you, God. I'm just devoted to you. Sometimes we even make our, our private devotion a religious activity or a duty. And you think, well, I got to keep up on my one-year Bible reading. What if, what if they ask us at church, they gave us this one-year Bible, and what if they asked me, what did you read today? Somebody did that to me this week. They, were, they read, and then they asked me, what did you think of that? I said, I'm not doing that plan this year. <laughs> I just spent a little time worshiping this morning and it was great because I'm devoted to God more than I am walking in a duty to just do something. And I want to encourage you to fall in love with Jesus. And the last thing today is I want you to remember your why. If you want to grow in consistency, then you need to remember why you're doing this. Someone may say, well, I want to save money. I want to improve my marriage. I, I, I want to walk five times a day. Then my question to you is going to be, why do you want to do that? Why? You have to have a why. And if you say, I want to grow closer to, to God, Tim, then I'm going to ask you, why do you want to grow closer to God? And that's a little deeper question. You think it would be pretty self-explanatory. Well, I want to grow closer to God. Why? Because I want to be closer to God. Why? Why do you want to grow closer to God? And if you say to me, well, that's just what Christians do, then I'm going to say, well, that's not a good enough why. Because you just went to religion. You just went to a duty. But if you were to look at me and say, well, I'm sick and tired of the devil tripping me up and I want to live a life of victory and I want to get past my past and, and I want to live a life that brings God glory, then I'm going to go, now you just found a why. Because it means something to you. 
And why do you want to grow closer to God? And if you say to me, well, there was a day that my life was headed in the wrong direction and my life was headed for the pit, but before I fell in it, that even rhymes, then, then Jesus came and he, he, he saved me. He stopped me from destruction and he, he saved me and I, I turned my life around and, and now I have a life that I'm proud of and I have a life that honors God. And the reason I do my devotions and I grow closer to God is because I'm so thankful for what he did and I just want to worship him every day of my life because I couldn't have done my life without him. Now you found a why. I want to encourage you to find your why. Because people always lose their way when they lose their why. And if you want to be consistent, then you need to understand that you're going to fail, but you got to consistently get back up. You need to know that in your life that you're going to need to learn to love God, the, the process of coming close to God. Then you'll be consistent. And if you know your why... I believe consistency will develop in your life. And I believe when you get to December, you're going to be closer to God than you've ever been. Can I get an amen? amen. So let me close this. Where does God want you to be consistent in your life? And is God speaking to you about consistency and drawing close to Him? Has God been talking to you throughout last week and this week about your consistency in, in church and consistency in devotions. And if so, would you just take this moment and, and I just want to lead you in a quick prayer. And you just bow your heads and just agree with me if you do. Father, thank you for this time. And God, my prayer, this is my prayer for Tim, but my prayer for our church is where do you want us consistent, God? How can I honor you more with my life through consistency, Lord? And Lord, are you speaking to me about consistency and my closeness with you? And Father, I ask, how can I do it better? And then Lord, I finally ask this, with your help, would you help me grow in consistency? And if you're in with that, would you say amen? Amen.